Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and business as well. Do you know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That TV Talk. It is finished well no it's not (laughs) i thought tv was done i mean come on we are going into may but we're living in extraordinary times right now yes so although hollywood has halted production they still have to release things and some some have released uh, material ahead of schedule. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now we're getting all of these um, different genres, different types of TV shows and some movies that are coming out. But today, we want to talk about, let's just talk about premieres, shall we? Yeah. Just things that are either, either a series premiere, which, you know, completely new we've never talked about it it's the first time it's being released and then what we should also talk about series premieres because we've got some shows that have come back and they left us hanging Mm. um other shows we really don't know what is happening in it (laughs) just figuring it out um but all in all i think we should just have it this is the premiere of premieres oh oh Premier. Premier. Well, <laughs> Baptiste. I'm glad you used that. Baptiste, <laughs> which is on. Is this right? It's PBS. PBS. Public Broadcasting System. Well, well, hold on. Wait, well, hold on, critic. Because uh-huh, yeah. I hear that Baptiste is a spinoff of The Missing. Yeah. Which was on Stars. Mm-hmm. Which ain't PBS. No. <laughs> I mean, this is what, if you have not seen The Missing, you have to. Like, and just give it a couple episodes. I will say that from the beginning. Mm. Once it goes, it you will be holding your breath. You, it is one of the most harrowing TV shows that have ever been produced. Oh, oh. In all ways. Because The Missing is about missing children and parents trying to find them, right? Yes. So Baptiste is the guy who finds them. 
So now. Wait, was he in The Missing? Yes. So, okay. Now, do you have to watch The Missing in order to tune in and PBS on PBS's spinoff version? You do not. Okay. Well, before you get started, it's six episodes. It's on PBS. It's already been renewed for six-part season two. Okay. But just reminding you about PBS, you can't just, you know, oh, I'm going to wait to the end and binge it all. PBS, remember, after so long, those episodes that you can enjoy on demand start to freeze and you have to be a... Uh, giving member. <laughs> yes. A member of PBS's, uh, I don't know what they call it. I forget, they call it something. But you have to um, pay at least $5 a month. So, yeah, highlighting that. Passport. It's a passport. Passport, that's right. That's right. You have to have a passport account. So, if I were you, after this review from the critic, because he's all about the missing life. If I were you, I would watch it week by week and don't wait for the binge unless you're going to get a passport account. That's right. And, you know, if you can and you want to donate to PBS, why not? I mean, that's just... It's tax deductible. Yeah, if you can, certainly do that. Uh, Or do exactly what the ref said, week to week. And by the way, everybody, in their app, you can watch episodes that are timely. So if you... So if you missed it live, you can still get the first episode of Baptiste. The second one releases today as of recording. Um, so it'll be there. It just doesn't stay, like you're saying. That's good Now, to know. Baptiste is the last name of Julien Baptiste. Ooh, hi, hi. <laughs> Played by Checky Carriot. Ooh, France. Now, Baptiste has a wife. He's got a grown daughter who's married with a child. He's retired. This man was a detective and he would find what no one else could find. Not Mm -hmm. just children, all kinds of other stuff. If it's missing, Baptiste is your man. Now he is in Amsterdam, he and his family. And in Amsterdam, there's this Romanian mob that is trafficking young women. Oh boy, that's a hard one. And the question is, how does this involve Baptiste? Well, there's a character named Edward Stratton, played by Tom Hollander. Yes, Mr. Collins. Oh, what does he have little bangs? <laughs> he does not. He has his hair brushed up. And oh. you know why when you see it. Because oh. this man is on a mission. His daughter, his adopted daughter, I would say, who's really his niece, has gone missing. She's been working in the red light district of Amsterdam. He is, he's gone through himself. He's trying to find her. He can't reach her. He's reached out to the police in Amsterdam. Now, the captain of this precinct has history with Baptiste. So she calls Baptiste and says, hey, can you help out? Baptiste is like, I'm retired. What do you mean? Why can't you do it? She's like, no, we need you and you know why. No one can do what you can do. So Baptiste helps this man, Edward, to find his adopted daughter slash niece. But what comes of this? Does he find the niece? If so, what does he find out as well? How are the Romanians involved in this? 
what is this supposed this woman and this like man who had this relationship she doesn't want to get married to him why am i learning this what is this man on a farm with a dog doing what does it have to do with it what is this little kid in the hospital had to do with any of this like at the beginning you're like uh, excuse me uh williams brothers who did the the missing why am i learning about all of these people and none of this is connecting what about the the actual lieutenant in charge of the police in amsterdam her son we see a scene with him where he's with a doctor. It's not pretty. Why am I learning all of this? Well, in the end, all of it connects, but how? I'll tell you this. From the beginning, you think, I know what's going on. Because from the beginning, the first scene ref is an old man who's living alone. Somebody comes in and says, hey, I need to check, you know, your gas meter. He lets the man in and I'll just tell you, he doesn't survive it. Why did I see this? So look, again, you might think you know where it's going, you don't. And even when it twists, you may not know. There are lots of twists and turns to get all of these tentacles to come together and to make some sense of all of this. Because who can you trust? Who's telling the truth? And if they are telling the truth, is it for the reason you think they're telling it? Also, what happens when another person who's doing a, a trans-European search for somebody, what happens when she comes in and it's like, excuse me, everything y'all doing is mine. Oh, oh boy, here we are. So, I guess as far as I can go without giving too much away. Wait, can mm -hmm. you bench this because you have a passport account? Yes, sure. Ah. Mm. So, you know, the critic... Because a little birdie was was a gift gifted to him. Well, because you gift a lot to the birdie. <laughs> <laughs> so the critic watched all six episodes. Um, now, it is not as good as the missing. So I will. Which, by that. the way, is on Amazon Prime to binge both seasons. But you said we did not have to. You don't to have to, to watch Bad okay. That's right. Okay. Um, but the missing is superior. <laughs> Because mm -hmm. the thing about The Missing is once it goes, I think it's episode two or three of season one, uh -huh. once it goes, it doesn't stop. Like at first I was like, okay, and you know. Once it started going, it's relentless and it's driven and focused. This is all of these tentacles. You're like, why am I seeing this? Why am I seeing that? You have to be patient to understand. And some of it is just a bit much. Like you're like, okay, this is a whole bunch of just not tying to get there. So it doesn't have that kind of relentless forward progression. Mm -hmm. But I still enjoyed it because most of all, Baptiste. Mm -hmm. This guy's just cool. He limps, they got the man running in, what, in the first episode. Why you got this man running? <laughs> Tom Hollander is running. I mean, the man is running after. You're like, why are you running? Don't run after that guy, Tom Hollander. You are gonna scare him away. Cause like Baptiste is like, no, what are you doing? And then he's hobbling at, I mean, it's just like hilarious. And Tom Hollander, this man is so urgent. It is yes, like, in everything. You're like, why is he so urgent though? Like from the beginning, you're like, something's up. Why are you like, even for somebody who wants his adopted daughter, you're going too far. What is going on? And the rest of the cast. So I will say, if you just like to follow the tentacles of a story, um, then you could watch this. It is strong stuff for PBS. They are censoring parts of it, blanking things out, including subtitles are being blanked out. <laughs> so this is very adult fair. But I would say, um, of course, check out Baptiste, but if you can, The Missing. 
will change your life. Oh my gosh, I think we found our new show in The Missing. Uh, but Baptiste is obviously uh, in the same world, so definitely check that out. Why not? It's free right now. And maybe you can follow week to week, but guess what? Remember, you get to binge if you become a Passport member. Now, moving on to HBO Run. Now, I've been seeing the trailers that HBO's been releasing on Run, and I'm gonna be honest with you, Critic, I was thoroughly confused because I see the, who the two actors are who, who you're gonna go over in a second. And when you put those two actors together, especially her, Mm. And the last thing that I watched her in, which was that one show with Tony Collette. Yeah. I'm thinking this is a heavy, serious, like in the trailer, you've got this couple or ex couple and they're holding up. I, I, I don't know what I'm watching. So therefore I wasn't urgently running to watch Run, but you did at yeah. least the first episode. So, so please help us make sense of run. I need somebody to help me make sense of it. Now look, uh, so it's it's the good thing is it's only a half an hour. So I was like, okay. That's good. Let's work my way through it. Now you're talking about Merritt Weaver, who plays Ruby Richardson. Now keep in mind though, Merritt came to my attention and really most people's attention in Nurse Jackie. So mm. she is known for comedic work. Um, so at this point, we see her in her little SUV outside of the, the grocery store, talking to her husband saying, oh yeah, you know, I'm at yoga. She ain't at yoga. She has her yoga mat, but she ain't <laughs> at yoga. And she gets a little text that says, run. Now she looks at this and pauses. She seems alarmed. She texts back, run. It's in all caps. What does this mean? Oh, it's a literal. She gets on a train away from the husband and her kids. Oh. Doesn't tell anybody. And on this train, she sees a guy played by Donald Gleason, Billy yeah. Johnson. And at first you're like, do they know each other? She like looks at him, sees him talking on the phone. What is that about? They do. They're the two who sent the run messages. Why? Well, they've known each other. They used to date years ago. He's got a wife too. No. They're running away to where? For what reason? Why? Why aren't they telling anybody they're running? Why not just get a divorce? Why not get a separation? Heck, why not go to marriage counseling? What is going on in here? What's so urgent? And what is it gonna be like for them now to reconnect after so many years? Will they uh, still have the same feelings for each other or not? They're on a sleeper train, okay? Where are they going? Why? What is happening? I don't know. So that's essentially the first half hour. And watching this ref, I was kind of like, okay, Merritt mm. and Domino are wonderful actors. Two of my favorites. Yeah. Strong. They didn't seem too clear either. Oh. They were trying to find each other. Now, as an actor, I can see this. Like, I yeah. can see through it. I know what's going on. I know the chemistry isn't right. I know people are confused. And it was a lot of just setting things up instead of moving it along. So mm. they're spinning. And it's like, okay, do I really even care? Like, can you just tell me what this is about already? Now, right. uh, now keep in mind that this comes to us uh, produced by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Right. Fleabag, 
Killing Eve, all of that. And her frequent collaborator is the showrunner and creator, Vicki Jones. So they're going somewhere. It's just, you got to get there. Like, it's not, it's not strange and interesting enough to hold the attention with the spinning so far. No, this is the first half hour. Um, they don't have many episodes. They better hurry up. Well, they you know, run. they better run really fast. I was about to say that because I tell you what, there's so much to choose from in that, especially with HBO. Now, can we pause and acknowledge the fact that we at Why Watch That thoroughly enjoyed the half hour, the half hours that HBO's giving us. Yes. I mean, we, what, we had um, high maintenance? Mm-hmm. Half hour, that comedy show that you liked about the comedian. Um, yes, Crashing. Crashing, half hour. I mean, they really are, in our opinion, as far as half hour shows go, pretty good. So yeah. we, well, I have a feeling you'll give it an episode or two. I will. Before you you <laughs> run out of patience. Right. <laughs> okay, so now we have one of our favorites. Mm. Not necessarily the show, although you will tell us. But Julian Fellows is back. And he is on Epics. And it's a miniseries based on his own novel. You know, Julian Fellows is writing something at this... He's writing the next, you know, Great yes. Gatsby at this point. Because he's just hold... He's hold... He, he, he may or may not well, Speaking know of which, happening. he does have a show coming that's going to be set here in the United States around the Gatsby time. So who oh, knows? <laughs> Okay, but this is not that. No. This is on Epics, and it's called um, Belgravia. 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 Mm-hmm. And it is a period piece. It's no surprise. It's Julian Fellows. Yeah. But a little birdie told me mm. that this ain't your mama's Downton Abbey. <laughs> now, first of all, why? Because it's on Epics. Yeah. Well. So what can we expect? From Julian Fellows on Epics. Oh, wow. So uh, this is uh, earlier than Downton. This is during the Napoleonic Wars. You know, so at the beginning of... In England, we're assuming. Actually, in I France? think we start in, Brus- in Belgium. Belgium. Got it. So they're about to go fight Napoleon. So it is the Brits who are there ready to deploy. The- Got it. Yeah. So there's a family who's there. Um, and it's the Trenchard family. Ooh. Now, the father, Father Trenchard, he is mm-hmm. not a lord or anything like that. He's not nobility, but he has connections because he is a businessman of high repute. He can do all kinds of things, okay? Now, of course, the nobility is still like, you're a mister. Mm. Don't forget it. Okay. His wife is more sensitive to this kind of thing. She is like, don't do that. They don't want us there. We need to stay in our lane. We're doing well over mm-hmm. here. I know I'm not nobility. So she's very sensitive to that. But their daughter is not. Their daughter is dating and maybe engaged to someone very, very, very important. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. All I'll right. Put it to you that way. <laughs> but he is about to go off to war. So they're oh. all there. 
yeah, he's about to go. Bye. Hmm. So we see all of this. We see this romance start to happen at the beginning. Then after that exposition, the war happens. We don't see it. Mr. Fellows cuts 26 years in the future. Oh, oh, okay. He wound it. Raphael was like, wait a minute, did I read that right? <laughs> Maybe it said 26 months. 26 years. <laughs> and we have the Trenchard family again. Okay. The Trenchards are still there. And what we are, what we encounter is uh, not only their family, but also the Brockenhurst family, which is uh, the young man who went off to work. Oh. Mm-hmm. So we see where the two families are. Now, what about the daughter and the son, right? Of those two yeah. families that were supposed to be together. What happened to them? I won't tell you. Ah. I'll tell you this, whatever did happen has inextricably linked these two families. Is it in a good way or in a bad way? Okay. It's Julian Fellows. <laughs> now, the Trenchard matriarch and the Countess of Brockenhurst, played by Harriet Walter, who, by the way, is now in the, I'll get to it in Killing Eve, is in the second season of Killing Eve. Seeing her in both of these shows is such a delight. Oh. This woman does not play Harriet Walter, okay? So she's the Countess and she meets Mother Trenchard. Mother Trenchard has some interesting information for her. Okay. Does she have interesting information to return? Now, in the second half of the first episode, it lands. Like, it gets really sad. It re- I mean, they did a beautiful job of it. I was like, oh my mm, goodness. Because mm. in the beginning, Raphael was kind of like, okay. Like, the music is like doubting. You have the piano and all of that. I'm like, the probably same person did it. I'm like, okay, we're kind of thrusting me into this. Don't thrust me into this. I don't know these people. Yeah, yeah. But then the way that he went to that and had these actors do it, it was really beautiful. Then episode two. It ain't beautiful. I'll just put it in that way. We start getting all of these characters and unlike Baptiste, the way that Julian Fellow sets it up, you're like, oh, this is about to be really nasty and I can't wait to see how. Oh. So there are all kinds of people who are married, maybe not because of the trenches. They do have a son and the son is married and he and his wife are social climbers. They're trying to get in on all of these invitations that Mother Trenchard's have. And Mother Trenchard's like, you're not invited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how, what is that working going to look like? Uh, when it comes to the Brockenhurst, what about them? They have somebody in their family who wants the money. Uh-oh. Is that going to work out? Mm-hmm. Mm. So, and there's more and more and more. So we also even get a bit of the upstairs, downstairs. We get the Trenchard family's servants, their perspective on things. And what do they think about people who are not lords and ladies on the come up? Maybe Uh-oh. some of them support it. Maybe some do not. Because to end it, the father Trenchard has built Belgravia 26 years in the future. He built it. The neighborhood, mm, which is mm. an affluent neighborhood where the lords and ladies live. And so does he. <laughs> lords and ladies. And he <laughs> is trying to build another place that is will encroach on their style, okay? Uh-oh. So, I'll say this. Belgravia develops. That's the experience. Just let it go. If you like Downton Abbey, is it Downton Abbey? No, but it will be for you. Just let it go. It's an icier down. Ice. Mm. So far, we'll see what Julian does. 
So if you need this kind of fix, it will take you to a completely different time. And what I did like is you do have hints of Downton, but it's not Downton. Like mm. even the the mother Trenchard, as I'm calling her, she's very she's like Mrs. Hughes. Oh, okay. She's very subdued and quiet, but don't cross her. She'll yeah. let you know quietly that you crossed her. <laughs> Harriet Walters' character, is it like the, the Dowager Countess? No. She has her own kind of thing. She's icier, icier, mm. nasty. Okay. But you don't see it coming. Like sometimes yeah. you might go, oh, she's like relented. She's softened. No. Okay. <laughs> so there you go with Belgravia. And when it comes to epics, just like you said for PBS, if you want everybody, I don't think it's much to get a month of epics. So okay. for this, actually, you could wait though. So if you're I'm trying pretty to- sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can get a, a free trial if you want to wait a yeah. little bit. Yeah, just wait until all six are released. Then you could bend it. Okay, sounds good. Now, ABC's coming out with The Baker and the Beauty. Mm. Um, I watched the trailers to this and thought this is either going to be really good or really bad. It doesn't seem like there's a middle in that because it, it feels tropey. You know, the the hit it girl falls for the not so hip it guy and all of that. So you'll be able to confirm that or not, um, but it is on H or um, excuse me, ABC and I don't know really what to make of it. <laughs> well, it's only been one episode, so it we don't know yet. I'll put it that way. But remember, ABC is really trying to find uh, a Latin hit. Yeah. That's what they want. They tried it with Grand Hotel. Yeah. Which I didn't mind. I did not mind Grand Hotel. I thought it was, you know, good, soapy fun. So they're trying to do it again with The Baker and the Beauty, which is based on an Israeli TV show. Mm-hmm. Actually. Interesting. So, Victor Rasek, who um, was in How to Make It in America, one season on HBO, one of my favorite shows. Like, <laughs> if you like Entourage and you haven't seen How to Make It in America, watch that. So, Victor plays uh, Daniel Garcia. His family owns a bakery in Miami. Um, and he is with this girlfriend that they kind of have some shade about. Now, this girlfriend wants to get married to him. Does he want to get married as well? Hmm. well? You'll find out how does that play out. They do have a little date at a restaurant. At this restaurant, uh, Daniel is in the bathroom kind of talking to himself. Well, someone else is in this bathroom. It's not someone he expected to see. This someone is Noah Hamilton, and this is a she. So she comes out and mentions, you know, and actually makes a little joke about him talking to himself. He's kind of like, okay. Like, where are you from and who are you? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, after this whole thing happens with he and his girlfriend, Noah's there with her entourage watching. It doesn't go down well for Daniel. It leads to Daniel having to walk home. <laughs> now, as he's walking home, Noah and Entourage pull up and say, hey, you want to get in? Oh, oh, oh! Now, Noah is famous. She's a famous Australian model and entrepreneur. She was rich from birth. Sounds very familiar to what we're, uh, maybe we won't say. Yes. Ooh. 
Uh-huh. So starts with a K. <laughs> well, so Daniel, of course, gets in and he meets, you know, the people she travels with, not her friends, her manager, you know, the person who does her hair, who become your friends. Because can she trust anybody? She's been rich from birth. She's a famous, she's a model. She's just endured this terrible breakup with someone else who's famous. So what does she want with Daniel? Is it serious? Is she just interested? Does she just want to give him, you know, the time of his life? Because she gives him three wishes. What do you want to do? Whatever you want. Do you want to go to Belize? You want to go on a shopping spree? Three wishes. What does he want? Now, he has to do something for her as well. Now, as a result of this, the family finds out. His mother, his father, his younger sister and brother. The younger sister knows all about Noah. <laughs> She's like, oh my goodness, you're with whom? His brother's like, what? And the parents are happy too. <laughs> Look. Okay. So what is going to come of all of this relationship? Because the manager, Noah's manager, just tell him, this is not the first time she's done this. Oh, oh, oh. Be warned. Rebound. So this is the beginning of The Baker and the Beauty. I would say it was a fine opening for a soap. It needed a little more spice. Like, they could have gone there a little more, a little more strongly for me. You're, you're calling it a soap? Oh, yeah, this is a soap. Gotcha, okay. This is, this is just like Grand Hotel primetime soap. Feels summer TV-ish? Exactly. You know, okay. the catch. Yes, okay, got it. That kind of thing. Uh, revenge. <laughs> no, not, <laughs> not But you know, it's, it's, it's a lighter kind of thing where it's a lighter soap. So you're not going to get the dun-dun-duns. Right, right. But, but it, it, you know, it's a lighter kind of soap. And I yeah. don't mind that right now. Why not bring a little bit of joy into our lives? I sure. just I just want them to go there. Like, really mm. go there. Really don't be afraid to do that. Because this is what people want. Give us the jello pudding. <laughs> well, or you should have said the um, jello... Um, uh, donut because he is a baker oh, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well let's let's take let's end it before we go to commercial but before we do we want to talk about mrs america mm. Mm. mrs america is on fx mm. and on we hulu. have or, um, well it's on hulu fx on hulu yeah so you will not see it you, you guys know all of that marketing. If you don't, you're not going to be able to just, you have to go to Hulu to watch it. Exactly. So don't go to FX, go to FX on Hulu. Right. <laughs> I know, because I was confused at first because I thought it was just, it would be on FX and then on Hulu, but it's actually a Hulu original via FX, if that yeah. makes sense. Right after um, Devs. So Devs was the first FX on Hulu and now yes. Mrs. America. Mm -hmm. Which feels very Ryan Murphy. Mm. And, you know, I have to pause for a second. Everything FX is doing feels very Ryan Murphy. But my question now is, because you're going to, we're going to talk about something a little later. Yes. Was Ryan Murphy really FX? Exactly. Or is F, did FX make Ryan Murphy? Ooh. Exactly. Ooh. Yes. I didn't say that. I did. So... <laughs> I, I do have to question a couple things because we'll get closer to that, but we can't we can't talk about it um, until we release 
the upcoming Ryan Murphy uh, show. Yes. Mrs. America has been drenching us with their trailers because they have all kinds of people in this epic feminist, feminism, anti-feminism, what is feminism kind of show. Mm. You got all kinds of folks. You're going to talk about them, but namely Kate Blanchett. Yes. Who is playing probably the devil's advocate. (laughs) (laughs) Or the devil. I don't know what she's playing. She is playing an anti-feminist. So there was the feminist movement and then there was a movement to counter that movement. And we've got Shirley Chisholm. We've got Gloria Steinem. We've got all kinds of people coming through. Now, I don't know how accurate this is. It is FX. Right. So they do take real instances, and but they highly dramatize it. Um, people versus OJ, Fossil versus Fernand. I mean, it's so much. So my question to you is, do we even care? Are the performances completely outperforming Mm. the actual incidents that happened. And lastly, lastly, do we need to binge this? Do we need to wait? Uh, do we need to? Because, yeah. mm-hmm. and you'll tell us why. Right. Because they <sighs> did release the first three episodes at yes. once. Then it will be one episode per week mm-hmm. until the end. Um, now, this is uh, centered around the Equal Rights Amendment passage. They need 38 states to ratify so we're in 1972. And we do have Phyllis mm. Schlafly, real person, played by Kate Blanchett. Now, Phyllis is a housewife. You know, she's proud of that, but she is smart. She advises politicians on foreign affairs. Woman in 1972, okay? Her husband is a lawyer, right? Who's looking at her like, okay. Played by John Slattery, by the way. Of course, of course. I was curious, so you got to say. So he's kind of like, you know, Phyllis, okay, do what you need to do, but I need you at home. Okay. Meanwhile, she's advising. (laughs) Oh, whatever. And she knows her stuff. Like, she knows her stuff. Whether you agree or not, you better come correct. Now, Phil Donahue in this show had to find out. Okay, I'll tell you that. Wait till you see that scene. <laughs> oh, but he was like, now, did you vet what you said? She was like, well, let's think about it this way. Okay, whoa. Okay. So, okay, so she has that. Now, she really has no interest in the Equal Rights Amendment. She thinks it's fine if women want, want to go out and work. No problem, you know. But there is a group of, you know, women who are maybe conservative, mostly conservative, but they're all housewives. They all have kids and husbands and they meet and as you know, women do, and they discuss things. And one woman brings to her attention the darkness of this amendment. Your daughters will be drafted, okay? Yes, if they're gonna be equal, they'll be treated as men. Your daughters will have to compete with men in sports and other things like that. This is where we're going. It's kind of funny when you listen to this, you kind of like, yes. well. <laughs> I was kind of looking at it like, well, okay. <laughs> so this woman, um, it, among others, is played by Sarah Paulson. Of course she is. 
Now, the thing about this, though, ref, to, for me to digress a moment, it is so nice seeing Sarah Paulson playing what you don't expect. You'd expect her to be on the other side of it. Yes. No. She's against the Equal Rights Amendment. Hmm. That was interesting. And then there are others. Now, flip side, we have... Isn't Tracy Ullman is <laughs> I'm getting to that. So oh, now, I'm sorry, sorry, let's sorry. deal with the <laughs> other side. Moving away from, from Slackley <laughs> and into the women who support Equal Rights Amendment, the women's movement. But l- let me read this to you. Oh, boy, here we are. Gloria Steinem is played by Rose Byrne. Mm. Shirley Chisholm, played by Uzo Aduba. Mm-hmm. We have Bella Abzug, played by Margot Martindale. Betty Friedan is played by Tracy Ullman. And so on and so forth. I can't even, the list of the cast of this, even the people you don't see in the advertisements, you go, oh, they're in it too? You, this is the casting coup of the century. I, every time I see somebody new, I'm like, where did they, how, what's the budget? It's a fact, of course. It's like, it's crazy. So it's just fun to see all of them. Let me tell you something. So we are in their offices. Who's going to lead them? Now, Bella is really the one pulling the strings. She has the experience. She has the connections. She has the know-how. She wants Gloria Steinem to be the face, not Betty Friedan. Betty Friedan wrote the book 10 years ago. She's not. <laughs> in episode three, Margot looks at Tracy Ullman and is like, you wrote the book 10 years ago, Betty. <laughs> okay. Whoa. So there's a lot of infighting, but they the presidential election is happening. And this is uh, McGovern. Is he going to be the nominee? Remember, Shirley Chisholm ran yes. to be president. So are they going to support her? Why or why, why not? Can they support her or not? If they support her, will their whole platform be able to get through? Because if McGovern is the nominee, will he listen? Can they get legalized abortion in the platform? Can they get childcare? Can they get time off? Along with the Equal Rights Amendment, they're trying to pass. Now the Equal Rights Amendment is going well for them. Yeah. All the politicians don't want to get in the way. Conservative, liberal, don't matter. Until Schlafly comes. Because once she gets that bug in her ear, she goes, we've got to stop this. We've got to mobilize. How do they do it? Baking is involved. Okay, I'll tell you that. (laughs) And then she has to deal with her own factions. What happens when the women from the South come? What ideas do they have? Okay. So this is enough for me to set it up. And I'll say it this way. The beautiful thing about Mrs. America is this. Nothing's clean. Phyllis Schlafly, conservative, she's got some reservations too. She may not say it, but she doesn't like how men are touching her and looking at her. So how does she interact? Now, the way she interacts is to bob and weave. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you get smacked. Okay, you don't always do the bob right. So what's that like? Also, when she's dealing with these women, if they say certain things she doesn't like, what's that like? So we see nuances to a character who certainly is a character. But it's not all 100% black and white. Same thing on the other side. Mm. What happens with the infighting? How far do they want to go? What happens if you're a conservative member who's in favor of the Equal Rights Amendment? What happens there? You know, I mean, these are the questions that you have to ask yourself. 
Um, so we have not only Betty Friedan versus um, uh, Gloria Steinem, what about when Shirley Chisholm wants their support? Like none of this is clean. And that's what I like the most. It sings when they deal with the murkiness. When they are a little more on the nose, it's not quite as good. But I'll tell you this to wrap it up. Kate Blanchett, <laughs> first time on American television, is a treasure. Oh. This, when she is on, it is an experience. The looks, everything she's not saying, the smile, when she puts on the, the facade, like all of that stuff, really, she dims the light on everyone else in the show. And it's not their fault. It's just when you have a character like this with Kate Blanchett, it is magic. The rest of it's good. It just pales in comparison. They even got Niecy Nash popping up. They got all kinds of <laughs> old boy from uh, from uh, Insecure is popping up. Lawrence Jay? from Insecure. Yeah, Jay. Jay, the actor. Yes. Like the casting. But I'll tell you, you watch this for Kate Blanchett. Oh. Mm-hmm. I would, I'm going to watch it you, for yes. Kate Blanchett. Yes. I'm, t- I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all now. I, first two episodes, there were moments I was spinning with laughter. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Kate Blanchett is certainly a why watch that favorite. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with some season premieres. Something's coming to IGTV. Oh my gosh, I love IGTV. What? What? Well, it's something we're calling like this. Watch that. Ooh, that should be a hashtag. I bet it is. Shouldn't it though? Now, starting in March of 2020, you are going to get from us what we give you from podcast to podcast. If you like Braveheart, maybe you would watch 1917? <laughs> oh, oh, I get it. Like this, watch what? that. That makes so much sense. But it seems like it's going to be a power-packed punch Ooh. of content that you can watch and sift through quickly to decide what you're going to watch tonight. Sounds good to me. I think I'll check it out. Uh, you know I will. <laughs> And we're back. Yep. Now, we've taken care of the series premiere. Wonderful. Great. There's some things to check out, but we have to return to some old favorites because mm-hmm. they're back. Season premiere of Liar happened, and you got a chance to watch. Now, it's only season two, and it's but it's its final season. This is on Sundance, and a lot of times... You, you know, people are like, Sundance has a... They ask every single time. Now remember, Rectify, one of the best shows on television, ever has been and was, will be one of them, was on Sundance. So Sundance is definitely something to... What was that other show with um, something, the girl in the lake or something like that? Um, Yeah, Top of the Lake and... um, Yeah, and the China Doll second season of that... If you haven't seen it, Elizabeth Moss, Nicole Kidman, and yes, that—that's like the missing. It's like this is very serious, but you can't tear yourself away from it. I wasn't the hugest fan of season one of Top of the Lake. The mm-hmm. Critics were, 
but the China doll season. And all of this was on Sundance. Yeah. So there's some real good stuff on Sundance. So don't sleep on it as you're like flipping through. Yeah. Or if you're like, oh, I've got you know, I've got... 83 and 86. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So it's worth checking out. If you really don't want to thumb through the channels, um, you can download the app and use your uh, cable provider information and you can watch it that way. Please don't sleep on Sundance. Liar is back for season two. Now you have to refresh my memory because I'm not, I don't remember what Liar is about. Yeah. And it's been a while um, mm. since it's been on. So it has Maybe been a, a minute. Um, and this is starring Joanne Froggett of Downton Abbey. Mrs. Bates. Oh, Mrs. Bites. Yes. And she plays Na Laura. And Laura meets Andrew, played by uh, Yoan Gruffin. Now... Okay. The name of the show is Liar. They hit it off, Laura and Andrew. Laura is Andrew's son's teacher, his teenage son. But she claims that Andrew raped her. Yes. What? Now he's a surgeon. Who believes this, right? Who's the liar? It, uh, is it neither of them? Is it one of them? Is it both? Okay. At the end of season one, leading into season two, I'll just tell you, Andrew doesn't make it. He's dead. Who killed him? And why? Is it Laura? There's evidence that suggests maybe it is her. Or there are a whole bunch of other people who have motive. Because Andrew, whether Laura's lying or not, has not been the best person. He got what's coming to him. I'll put it to you that way. Now in season two, he's dead, but they do these flashbacks, okay? Yeah. So we get more of the story. And we also see some of the other people who may have been involved with him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the thing is this, regardless of what Andrew did, somebody killed him. Right. And there's a detective who wants to get that person. She goes, I'm not dealing with Andrew's stuff. I'm dealing with the case before me. Laura. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So Laura gets locked up. But did Laura do it? Laura's like, what are you talking about? Is I, I, I didn't do this. I did not do this. So that's the whole thing of season two. Who did this? Is it Laura? Is it someone else? She's involved with a guy, another guy now who has secrets. Like it's just all this thing going on. So liar takes on multiple meanings. Mm. And I'll say this about the show. This is also created by Harry and Jack Williams. The Missing, Baptiste, here we go again. Oh my goodness. So you know there are all kinds of twists and turns. So if you like that kind of show, rough stuff. But I'll tell you this, Joanne Froggett is working. She is urgent. You might see a little bit of spittle come out of her mouth. Whatever hey. it takes. And uh, Gruffin, as Andrew, is sneaky and smarmy and disgusting. So if you want to see this kind of show, they're giving it to you. I'll tell you <laughs> that way. This isn't, a, isn't even rough the kind of show that I want to watch. But when I'm watching, I'm like, yeah. that's actually really interesting. I need to see what's going to happen next. Wow. And it's not a huge commitment. It's only six episodes. That's right. 
Excellent. Well, there you go. Don't sleep on Sundance. You won't regret it. Now, what about the return of the good fight? I want you to listen to me carefully. I waited. Do you hear me? I waited to get a subscription to CBS All Access because that's the only place you can watch it until it was completely finished for season three. And I binge watched that sucker from season one all the way to season three. And now we're at season four. Mm. And by the way, CBS All Access, just to remind you, you know, you can't, this is not on CBS. It's just, it's similar to what we're talking about. FX on Hulu, you have to have a subscription to CBS All Access. Now the good fight is coming back for its fourth season. You can watch it right now um, on uh, CBS All Access. It is episodic, but they're giving you the first couple of episodes here. There are a few episodes that you can watch. Now, remember last season, if I got to remind y'all, mm. Diane was, she was on drugs. Mm. She, or sniffing, wait, no. Yeah. Mushrooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was on drugs. She was uh, forming a coup. <laughs> <laughs> with some women take, uh, take, trying to take down the Trump administration. She, listen, at this point, we got the, the whole, everybody, the whole law office is at stake because one of its founding members couldn't keep his hands to himself. I mean, it was chaotic last season. Yes. Mm-hmm. I hear there's more chaos coming. Well... The question of this season in the first two episodes is, what are we watching? <laughs> what? Uh, anyway, so let me explain. So, the first episode, Diane comes to, I'll put it that way, and finds that Hillary Clinton is the president. What? what? So she's like, essentially what happened to Trump? And everybody's like, Uh, Hillary Clinton's the president. What are you talking about, Diane? Everybody. So did she just imagine all of this stuff? Is it now that, no, really, Hillary Clinton won, and we just woke up? Now, in this episode, it's the kings. They never do it straight. Right. So you start it the way you think, and then you start getting what would happen if Hillary Clinton were president. That would be challenges. This is what's going on. What about the women's march and all of the stuff that happened? Me too. This is Diane's world. Is that everybody else's world? Mm. Very interesting. Episode two, you see the resolution of that at the end of episode one. It does involve her husband because in a Hillary Clinton world, where does he? Yeah. He's not showing up throughout the episode. So she's like, where's my husband? What happened to him? Where is he? Am I still married? <laughs> okay, I mean, like, you know, some people look at her like, what? Like, she's supposed to be going in for certain cases. She doesn't know the case. Marissa's there to go, this is what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> like, so, it, wow. Then episode two, we find out that the, the, her partnership, her law firm has been bought out. And this man lives on high. Okay. Way up on high. We know who he is, don't we? Well, Do we know who he is? from uh, Night Court. What's his name? Yes, uh, Dan uh, Arquette. Yeah, John Larroquette. Yeah, Larroquette. Yes. Lives on high, like he's on his own floor. 
They got to go up to meet him. And he has certain ideas about who's going to do what. Now, Luca Quinn. Okay. Remember, she moved into divorce. She did? He brings somebody else to help her. He wants her to continue running the operation with someone else. Who would that someone else be? If you've watched The Good Wife, you know. Yes, yes, you do know. Now, how do the two of them get along? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, who's right? I'll say that. I was watching it going, now, wait a minute. Somebody has experience. Mm. Mm -hmm. Diane gets all of the pro bono work. He says, you get pro bono, every single thing. Bye. She's like, well, I need resources, money. Fine. Now, in this pro bono work, her first case, she goes up in front of a new judge. Julius is now a judge. Oh! This is his first case. So, you know, we see him getting his robes the first time. He's excited. But this is still Hillary Clinton's world? I'm not, so I'm not telling you. Oh, oh, You'll oh, find okay. out. Okay, got so it, This got it, got is it. episode two. You'll find out what that's about in episode one. So, but no, this is, so regardless of where we are, this is real. He, we know at the end of season three, he went into the yes. judiciary. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is first case. He's very excited. So, you know, Diane with the partners, you know, with, with, uh, with uh, our, our, our people. Uh, Delroy Lindo and Audra <laughs> McDonald, you know, they she's like, guess who's the the judge in the first case? They're like, who? Julius. And they all have a huge laugh. And of course, the Diane laugh brings out. Yes, well, yes. Well, does it go the way she thinks? Because there is someone she's going up against who has a certain power, and there is <sighs> a certain memo that's left on Julius's desk that's a warning. And Delroy Lindo's character, Adrian's girlfriend, who's also a judge, well, Julius goes to her to say, what's this about? It may not be what he wants. Oh. What they're playing around with here, Raph, is when it comes to the law, nothing's clean. You might think that you're a judge and you have power, but do you have power? Do you? So I will say in the first two episodes, the kings are having so much fun playing around with stuff as they do. I am invested. I am interested. I don't even know what I'm watching half of the time. It 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 is the perfect encapsulation of this moment without being literally about this moment, where everybody's going, "Is this real? Am I in the matrix?" That's where this show is. Are we in the matrix? In this show, what in the world is going on? They are taking a week off, but then they'll be back one episode per week after that. Nice. Thank you for that. Can't wait to watch it. Now, another show that you're a huge fan of, Killing Eve, which quite frankly is doing quite well with the um, Golden Globes, with the Emmy. I mean, they're really raking it. If it's not Sandra Oh, then it's the other actress. Mm-hmm. Um, they really are doing quite well. Now, remember, this is on AMC, but it's also BBC America. Right. So if you are thumbing through, you can watch it. But remember, if you download those apps, pay attention to that. This is season three, about eight episodes, and it's already renewed for season four. I mean, come on. Yeah. And again, this is Phoebe Waller-Bridge is involved in here. Um, So we know the aesthetic. We know the sensibility. It's kooky, crazy. 
And the title is Killing Eve. Who's Eve? Is Eve Pilastri? Yes, played by Sandra Oh. Who's trying to kill her? Well, we think it's uh, Villeneuve, this Russian assassin played by Jodie Comer. Uh, so in this season, after season two, was Eve killed? Did we know there? She can't be. Sandra, oh no! So it, that's the question at season two. I'll say this, in season three, maybe it depends on what you mean by kill. Uh-oh. Because she might be in what she might call hell. I'll put it that way. Oh, oh, oh no. Now you'll see what that means. Because she was MI5, she's a Canadian who was became MI5, was recruited in MI6 to deal with this Villanelle problem, because Villanelle has a crush on her. So whatever transpired at the end of season two, does that still have uh, effects in season three? Because Villanelle has left the life. She, in the beginning of season three, is about to get married. But during the toast, she's talking about Eve without mentioning Eve. (laughs) (laughs) What is that about? Now, of course, the Russians don't want to give away one of their prime assets, even though she's crazy. (laughs) So she has a handler we've come to know and kind of love, this gruff kind of guy who you can't trust. But he's in Great Britain right now, dealing with MI6, his connections there. So her original handler, the one who trained her, comes. And this is played by Harriet Walter, who's in Belgravia. Oh, yes. Oh, boy. So we see a bit of her backstory. And she's the one to entice Villanelle back into the fold. She tells Villanelle, you come back, you get whatever you want. Villanelle essentially asks to be her boss. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now she's like, okay, I'll see what I can do. This is the response. And she goes... She comes back and says, okay, we can do this, but here's what you have to do for us. You got to prove yourself. You got to see if you can manage people. You want to live in a mansion with, uh, you know, great water pressure? Okay. You got to pay for it. Is Villanelle up to the task? Also, when it comes to Eve, what is her life or lack of life like right now? How is that playing out? And at the end of the first episode of season three, Something happens, something lands splat. I'll put it that way. That informs episode two. Because I'll see in episode one, this is where they are spinning their wheels, kind of setting things up, not doing anything. But this show is so cookie and, and interesting, it doesn't really matter. Okay. I'm like, okay, y'all, like we need to get the story started. They do in season two. I'm sorry, in episode two. Episode season three. three. Because after the end of episode one, Eve is now has a little pulse. Now, does this mean that she could come back ghost-like to MI6? Maybe not. But the son of her former boss at MI6 is no longer working at MI6 because he was there too. He's working at a newspaper, a digital publication, okay. I should say, that lets him do whatever he wants. He can investigate whatever he wants. So Eve gets into this group and maybe starts to unearth things. So is, uh, are Eve and Villanelle still on a collision course for each other again? That's the question. And in what form will that appear? That's another question. We do have some new characters along, I said, Harriet Walter. There is a character played by Danny Sapani, who's ahead of this online digital publication, who is also a regular in Harlots. So... (laughs) 
the first two episodes here of Killing Eve season three, I really did enjoy episode two. Sandra O is so interesting and wonderful to watch. We always love her. In the episode two, I mean, what she was doing was just great work because she mm. really had to let out some of her inner demons. Mm. You let them out. For what end is the question? Uh, Jodie Comer is always strange as Villanelle doing wonderful work there as well. And if you've seen Jodie Comer like in, in the Spanish princess or whatever those things are on stars, you're like, how is she in both of these works? How does it work? <laughs> so uh, Killing Eve is a quirky kind of thing, but it's always entertaining. And it is growing its audience. I mean, the yeah. season three had the biggest audience yet. So I think that'll continue as more and more people watch it. So if you have an artistic sensibility and you want to just be entertained in a strange world, that's what Killing Eve certainly brings in spades. Well, let's end this all with something that has been highly anticipated and marketed with Insecure. Oh, 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 we are now into season four. Hmm. HBO, of course, Issa Rae is back with her crew. Now, when we left season three, remember, she had a job. <laughs> she didn't have a man. She didn't have anything. She was planning a block party. Yeah. That was what she was doing. She was managing an apartment facility to pay her rent because she ain't got no job. And she's planning a block party. We also note that the friends aren't quite what they used to be. Mm. People are growing apart. People are starting families. Yes. They're in their early 30s. What does that mean? And of course, there's some unresolved situations with Issa and Jay. And mm. boy, does it get kind of resolved because it's going to get awkward real fast, especially yeah. if she's got to go to the bank. And I'll let you take it from there. Ah. So I've only seen the first episode of uh, season four. And from the beginning, Issa and Molly aren't going to be friends no more. Uh-oh. They're best go... friends and then not friends. Uh-oh. But we go back in time to when it all starts. Oh. So they're still best friends when we flash back, but we can see the cracks starting to surface. Because Issa does experience something with Jay and the person who's helping her set up this new life. Start doing these things, these events, and pulling in investors. So this person, who was at another friend's baby shower, is involved. So what happens when everything comes to light? Because this person, who is pregnant, doesn't tell everybody what's going on. So people are in the dark. Oh boy. So the whole thing is, what is it going to be with her and men, of course, moving forward? She has an interesting relationship with a guy, I'll put it that way, who's a TSA agent. Okay, very, you'll see what that is. What about Jay? What about what's going on with Molly? And will she be able to deal with all of this stuff, move forward and still be insecure? Or is everything going to crash? because of the insecurity. I just want to say that as someone who's a bit older than them, watching this ref is kind of amusing. Something like y'all need to just grow up. Like yes. stuff like, like really, okay, l let me tell you, if 
if that's your ex, it's your ex. Right. You go ahead and date the ex. I'm not in the relationship. Like, grow up. Now, it is insecure. Mm-hmm. So they don't do that. So, you know, it depends on which season of your life you're in, how you'll view this show. Yeah, yeah, like it's true. Going through this, and to you, I'll say grow up. Like, yeah. go on with your life, build yourself, and don't worry about other people that you have dispensed with. Um, it is... <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to start calling my exes. You have my dispense. You have been dispensed. <laughs> That's the best. Thank you for that. Yes, yeah, so dispense and move forward. Okay. <laughs> We wouldn't have a show here if that happened in Insecure. It's another half-hour gem from HBO. We know what it is. We know what L.A. looks like when they film it. It feels like I'm in L.A. again every time I watch it, so I appreciate it just for that. And we'll see what comes of this. The question is, that breakup, it's going to be, is it going to be messy or is it going to be kind of, they just grow apart? Mm. Well, that's what happens. I do want to say a quick thing. It's easier for me to watch grownish than it is insecure. Mm-hmm. And I'm not quite sure why. It's not because I'm, I don't think at least, it's because I'm so far removed from grownish, um, from grown-ish mm-hmm. that I can sort of look down and go, oh, you little ones. <laughs> um, it's something about insecure. It's something about that specific culture within the millennial um, mindset that I have, I've, and from day one, I've, I've been on record on these, um, that I've had sort of a hard time leaping because I don't know those girls. Mm. I don't know those relationships. The the relationships that I had in my, um, during that portion of my life, we weren't catty, it wasn't like, na- I don't know, I just don't know those people. But I will say that when you follow Issa on her social media handles, she has three other girls that she went to Princeton with, I believe, mm. or, or high school. They, they're all friends, and they very much feel like what you're seeing on TV. So I think it's a very specific yeah. um, genre of show that we're watching, which doesn't hurt because it makes it, you know, unique. Yeah. But and that's me, what we want. We want it specific. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. For me, it's just a little. I I don't know why I can handle grownish more than them, and it's just interesting. I don't know. But with all that being said, it is back for season four, along with the other shows that we've talked about, along with the other shows that have, are now here. So all in all, during this very complicated time in our, I was gonna say in our country, but in the world you really do you brought up something you really do have to think if you're intensely watching the news i think sometimes it's okay to step back and you said the word escape a little bit Mm -hmm. be drawn into someone else's world and at least you know one or two shows you don't have to like completely ignore what's happening if that's you know not you know that's not going to be healthy for you but i think we've given you a handful of choices that you can start balancing your your daily um, or weekly routine in this very confusing and difficult time. So we'll be here for you. Thank you for tuning in for us and we'll catch you later.
Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.